Yo, this place is big. We should split up finding Will. Said no one who survived a horror movie ever. Because as you know, in every horror movie, the first rule of survival is never leave your friends. So don't split up if you want to make it to the end. No, don't. Don't split up. Welcome back to the Don't Split Up Horror Podcast. Uh, this is episode number 33. We are back after a long break, just in time for Christmas. Today we're going to be talking about the film Silent Night, Deadly Night, and its 2012 remake, Silent Night. I am J.R. Foresteros. I'm Amanda Foresteros. I'm Mose Aidy. And I'm Stacey Silveri. Uh, so first of all, we're so sorry we took such an extended leave of absence. Such a hiatus. We're we're going to do our best to make sure that doesn't happen again. Yep. Sorry, guys. I'll yep, try not to move you. across the country and back anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, life happens. They'll understand. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, so uh, before we dive into these movies, both of these movies are about uh, killer Santa Clauses. And I, I was struck by how both films sort of play on the inherent creepiness of the idea of Santa Claus. So I was curious if any of you like ever had any fear of Santa growing up or, or if this was just something that the film kind of had fun with. No, I don't think I became scared of Santa until I was an adult and realized how creepy it was to send all these children to sit on strangers laps. <laughs> so it was, it wasn't even the myth of Santa that was creepy to you. It was the actual practice of how we do Santa as a culture. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say definitely. No, the myth I always thought was fun. I mean, I never saw it from the creepy point of view. It was just the idea that this, you know, person was out there helping children or, you know, giving gifts, et cetera. I always liked that. Yeah, my my grandpa used to play Santa Claus. And so I never felt like that was particularly creepy. But especially as an adult with like all the elf on the shelf stuff that has come out that's like really popular these days. Um, JR and I actually had a big long uh, argument slash discussion about how it's a giant panopticon. But anyway, just like that whole idea of holding holding it over your head like he's always watching you. You better be not, you know, you better be nice because if you're naughty and all that kind of stuff like that, that, that constant, someone is watching you and watching your back. And though that can be comforting at times, it can also be horribly creepy. What about you, Stacey? Um, I was to say, I never really had an issue with it either growing up. Like the myth was always good, but like most said, now as an adult, I can, it definitely kind of creeps me out a little bit. But I wouldn't say it like turns me off to the whole Christmas thing. I think it's like exciting for the kids. And I think it is like a good thing to like a parenting minus, tool to keep your kids in check. Mine is Elf on a Shelf. Elf on a <laughs> Shelf is creepy. And no so, one yeah, that is super weird. This creepy I honestly little elf don't wandering really, around the besides, house. So essentially it's just like... I'm watching you make sure you act good, but it yeah. does like naughty things. We have a friend who's there. You're supposed to name it and their children named it watcher. Like that's, oh, that's horrifying. <laughs> like seriously. Yeah. And it, it, it allegedly a better pretense for a horror film. Yes. I agree. Watcher's going to get you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I do wonder how much longer it will be before there is an elf on the shelf horror movie akin to like the Chucky doll. <laughs> 
Yeah. Perhaps that Don't Split Up's uh, intro into the film industry. <laughs> it go. could be read. I'm sure there's no copyright problems with that. None. <laughs> you know, it's interesting um, because the the first film that we're going to be talking about, Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, when it was released, it it was banned almost immediately because of the fact that it was an evil Santa Claus. Uh, so this film came out in 1984. It was released the same weekend as Nightmare on Elm Street, and it actually briefly had a bigger box office haul than the original Nightmare on Elm Street. But That's surprising. I know, right? But because of the evil Santa motif, and they really, in the original marketing, they really highlighted Killer Santa. Uh, some of the filmmakers and marketing people, after it got banned and everything like that, went back and wondered if they should have really highlighted Billy's psychological plight in the film a little more in the marketing. But, of course, they were trying to you know, get people out to the theater. So the killer Santa stuff. And basically like parents were protesting. Parents were at the theaters telling people who were planning to go see the movie, not to see it. Cause it was, you know, evil and uh, you know, a horrible thing to show kids and all this kind of stuff. And uh, so it, it was taken out of theaters and it basically sort of vanished until the 2012 remake came out and, and people when it was so well embraced as, you know, kind of a fun B horror movie, that the original kind of once again found some some new life. It was really, really I don't know, really strange. I, so I, I think our Elf on the Shelf film might have that same kind of mm-hmm. uh, negative reaction. Parents might be like, mm-hmm. how dare you point out how creepy what we're doing to our children is. Mm-hmm. No publicity is bad publicity. I, yeah, uh, right? I would have thought the only reason they protested this film was because of how terrible it was. So that's that kind of came as a shock to me. <laughs> Do you feel like it was markedly more terrible than other 80s slasher films i yes. honestly had a hard time so i watched this with my cousin uh as we you know we're visiting for christmas and he listens to the podcast and he's like so i've heard you guys mention before like with some of these older films that they're bad he's like but honestly has anything ever been worse than this and i couldn't bring anything to name I think that's also because we haven't seen nearly as many old horror, like we haven't gone back to the old horror as much. I feel like we've had our fair share of bad and also old bad films. Listen, um, I think that the remake was markedly worse than the original. Really? I would rather watch the wow. original. Wow, I can't wait to get into that discussion because <laughs> really? I could not that's agree good. or disagree more. Oh, yes. I agree with Mo on that one. They're both, I wouldn't say they're both that great. But one is significantly better. Hmm. So what uh, what didn't work for you, Stacy, about the this original film? Um, I think a lot of it is it's just outdated time wise. I think that was some of the effects and the acting itself wasn't that great. Um, that kind of bugged me. Um, I did enjoy like the mental illness kind of arc of it, like. I kind of related to Billy a little bit. Like if you were went through a trauma like that growing up, like understandably so you're going to have issues. Mm-hmm. So I felt bad that he kind of got the short end of the stick, but he, he did go off the deep end a little bit towards the those end. Nuts, so. man, just those just nuts a little. <laughs> that was what fascinated me. I think about this film is you have this kid and you're hearing what all of the parents are saying to him, right? Santa's going to give you a big surprise tonight. He's coming. Uh, he's been watching you all year don't be naughty. And it sounds so innocent. And, you know, it's, it's, it's like what literally everyone says about Santa Claus. And then, yeah, he has this terrible trauma because of some criminal who's, uh, you know, abusing the holiday tradition. 
And then all of those same uh, phrases take on this terrible, sinister overtone. Yeah, I almost like during the movie where they were saying that, like, I could, like, hear it and see it in both lights. Like, I understand how it's, like, not creepy, but then at the same time, from, like, his perspective, like, how that would, like, give you anxiety in that time of the year would be terrible for you. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just talk about that grandpa, how horrifying he was. Because, I mean, seriously, had had the grandpa not come to life and said all of that stuff, then it wouldn't have... Ne- necessarily been as creepy but like he he was like the harbinger of you know what's to come that to me was the most random unnecessary part (laughs) of the film because it's like what there's no like what what is this grandpa is he just a seer now like he just knows that this is going to be the christmas of christmases like it just there was no reason for it except to scare the child and then for him to go back to sleep like i don't know and it was just as weird in the new film actually mm-hmm. more out of place but mm-hmm. yeah i liked um, it i thought i, I love that sort of non sequitur horror that just doesn't quite hold together and doesn't quite make sense and yeah well i don't know the the intro starting out with the whole you know death and then jumping right into like this childhood like at first i thought we were in some weird flashback like i didn't think it was very i don't know like i didn't like the continuity of the film and then they spent so long stressing that he was mentally ill. Like I, we were like, what, 40 minutes into the movie before he actually starts going violent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't work for me. Hmm. So I think that's interesting because that's definitely a storytelling technique as Stacy pointed out that is dated, you know, um, in contemporary film, you just can't wait that long before you get to the blood and guts. Um, and I thought it was something that, that, you know, I knew as I was watching, I could feel it. It's the same thing if you go back and watch like The Exorcist or The Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Rosemary's Baby. Like not much happens until the last 20 minutes of the film, oftentimes, mm-hmm. you know. And I thought in some ways this film actually gave us more sooner than a lot of those films from that same era did. Well, absolutely. With his parents dying, you know, um, and it was awfully gruesome, even though it was a little bit silly. It was really gruesome. And then... Yeah, of course, there was that buildup. But I think that, to me, at least, it allowed me to empathize with Billy even more. Like, I just, I felt really sorry for him. What did you all think of the kind of critique of the nun's kind of religion, like with her strict discipline and, you know, kind of mother knows best, uh, stern, you know, what he needs is this sort of like immersion therapy to just get over his fear of Santa Claus sort of thing. I thought that was a bit intense. I feel like she kind of went off the deep end as well. Like, obviously, like, I get kind of like, you have to face your fears, but she, I feel like, made it worse. Had she not, like, tried to do the immersion therapy, like, I feel like he would have been a little better off in the long run and not so, like, it, w- it wouldn't have been such a trigger for him every Christmas. Well, there's kind of, I don't know, I think it would have been more relevant maybe in today's age where you've got different arguments where people are saying, you know, it's, they're saying different things are a choice. You know, we can change this. We can, you know, make you different. You didn't. And it's like, you know, he didn't choose to be that way. That kid had been traumatized. Like he needed to deal with that. He needed to, you know, come to terms with it. But instead they're like, we'll just beat the evil out of you. But the other nun was really defensive of him and kept saying, well, but mother superior knew best. And so she was the one that trumped all of, you know, their um 
therapy techniques and whatnot. So she just had to submit herself to them. I don't know. I thought, I thought it was interesting. I thought there was, there was a good balance between the two. I don't know. I, I don't know what I could have done, but it was strange to me that he got a job in a toy store. And when Christmas time rolled around, no one thought to say, Hey, Billy has a hard time with Christmas. Maybe keep an eye on him and don't let him near the Santa Claus. You know, I thought that as well, especially when the one nun called like, oh, where's Billy? And then the guy, his boss or whatnot, whatnot, was like, oh, he's dressed up as Santa. Like, I feel like that should have been like prefaced before. (laughs) Yeah, because isn't isn't that the moment where she leaves and goes to the store? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But she she maybe should have said something on the phone. I guess I get the, you don't want to endanger his job. You don't know if there's actually going to be a problem. Don't make something a deal if it's not a deal, but. Oh, well, there's, there's very something there. It's obviously, obvious. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I, th- I thought that was all interesting. And the other thing I thought was really interesting is that what counted as naughty in this movie was the typical 80s slasher naughty. It's anyone who is doing drugs or drinking and anyone who is having sex. And that, that was it. Like, other than Mother Superior at the end. Um, But, yeah, I I didn't get the impression that, and certainly not compared to the sequel or the remake, which we'll get to in a moment. But, you know, it was like a a pretty pretty typical 80s slasher movie just sort of, you know, wrapped up in holiday trappings. It absolutely Mm -hmm. was because it's like the moment he decides to go crazy and he kills that guy at work with the lights he also gets like superhuman strength which is classic 80s like now he's not only murderous but he can lift people up with one hand and choke them with christmas lights like, well, it was just... so i thought that they sort of established that he was weirdly strong even with getting the job in the first place and then when they showed him picking up that giant box by himself like i thought that was sort of built in i agree with that as well i feel like they kind of implied when he was getting the job, he was like, oh, this is a man's job. And then you it's see him like towering and like all his muscles, they kind of implied he was extra strong. I guess. It makes me wonder what they were doing to him at that orphanage <laughs> like during yeah. his teenage years. Yeah, what really happened? Sent him to go railroad in or something. Uh, all those muscles. So uh, did you have like a best best moment in this film, favorite part? No. Um, I thought that all of the kills were really creative and interesting. And I mean, of course, silly, but they, they were like, also They also turned away awesome. from all the kills, though. Like, they, I felt like they were more interested in showing the boobs of that one girl than they were of, like, half of the kills. I'd agree with that. Well, that's a part of my worst, is the fact that no female wore, wore a bra the entire time. I was very annoyed by that. Oh, let's just rip off her shirt. Oh, no bra to rip through. Just... And JR was like, uh, that's because women were liberated in the 80s and didn't wear bras, Manda. And I'm like, oh, come on. You I agree. The 80s kidding. were a very free thing. <laughs> you all are ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. So, yeah. And bet, no one had a best? Um, I, I, I don't. If I'm going to have a best, this would be it. Is I'd agree with Amanda. Some of the kills were a little over the top. But in general, I felt like they were pretty funny. But I really like antlers. That was so crazy (laughs) and cool. Like, who would be able to shove an entire (laughs) male body onto antlers? But he did it. You know, whatever. I 
I really I like the sledding the one. Time, but I'm pretty sure we've seen antlers through a person before. You're yeah. thinking of Evil Dead Season 1. Am I? Yep. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and it was much better. It was much more well done than Evil Dead. Whatever. Hmm. What what were you saying, Stace? What was the other kill that you thought was funny or I good? Like the, the slutting scene where they're just going, you know, slutting. <laughs> and and at the very end, he just, uh, here comes his friend without a head. Just like, so, what? Yeah. JR totally called it. He's like, listen, we need a decapitation at some point if he ha- he's going to have this axe. And then sure enough, like two minutes later, <laughs> here, here comes is. the headless body coming Boom. down on a sled yeah, that on was the great. fresh virgin snow that was not virgin snow <laughs> at all it had clearly had lots of yeah. so many uh my my best was probably i would say billy's arc like i really liked the idea that because because it's a it's a trope in a number of films either that the killer is sort of mentally incapacitated in some way like michael myers or jason Voorhees or some of those but you don't really see it except maybe in a flashback or it's maybe talked about it with some exposition uh, towards the beginning of the film. I liked getting to see Billy's uh, trauma and, and and yeah, it maybe went on a little bit long, but again, when he became a, when he became the killer, I just felt really sad for him the whole time. You know, I, I, I actually empathized more with the killer than I do in nearly any other slasher movie. Yeah. So I thought I actually enjoyed that. I thought that was like a nice spin on the formula that I wasn't frankly expecting in this movie. <laughs> so, uh, so, okay, what's everyone's worst? I already said mine. All the boobs. Nope. Braless boobs. Annoying to me. I'm, I'm actually cool with braless boobs. I might change that Obviously. to my best. <laughs> um, but Ridiculous. No, I just I didn't like the way the movie was structured. I didn't, maybe it's like you said, Jr. Maybe it's dated. Maybe I'm just accustomed to a faster-paced horror now. But it just seemed like it just seemed, didn't seem continuous. Like I was constantly like, "What? Why? Like, why are we? Why? Like, why are we still here?" I just felt like they were beating a dead horse. <laughs> and the whole mental yeah. illness arc just didn't do it for me. Like I got that it was a slasher. I knew we were going somewhere dark with this. I didn't need 40 minutes of it. <laughs> so wait, are you uh, saying, Mo, that there was too much backstory? So what did you guys think about the new one? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think that was going to be my worst. I, like Mo, enjoy the backstory, but I just felt like they just spent too much time on it. Uh, it they could have covered so that. Oh my gracious! In a little bit of less of time. I'm gonna go like, back to my. Less, I'm gonna like I said, back to my dated. normal argument. This is not really backstory. This Let's, is that was current story. Oh we were gosh. going through this kid's annoying life. Okay, right. It's not backstory. It's current story. It's Let's not just, the same as we found some alien runes. They're from like <laughs> thousands of years ago. We're not gonna explain what these alien runes are, or what these runes are, or where they came from. We're just going to go into story. That's that's where I want some backstory oh to clarify. <laughs> just Google it. Google the backstory. It'll tell us everything we need to know. No, I think we should just watch Black Christmas again. And then maybe you guys will appreciate it a little bit more because it didn't have backstory like you wanted. You hypocrites. <laughs> See, but that's part of the reason I didn't get a new one. <laughs> <laughs> I love Black Christmas. It was so good. Uh, anyway, no. it's fine. Moving on. What was your uh, my worst was 
I don't know. Like, I guess it was sort of just that the movie just kind of was okay. Like, I don't know. There wasn't any really standout terrible stuff going on for me. I Yeah, a little less exposition, a little less introduction. But I don't know. Like, it... It all was fine for me. I felt like this movie was just fine. It was, it was, it was a totally fine, serviceable B movie. Oh, C to D, maybe D. D no, I mean best. B movie, like not like a letter grade B. I mean like a B movie. Oh, I get what you're saying. I'm yeah. just even then, I still don't know if it qualifies. <laughs> yeah, I think I have seen way, way worse B movies than this. Mm-hmm. Oh God, Challenge this accepted. was not good. <laughs> all right, so I'm assuming neither of you would recommend it. No. Yeah, definitely not. I would recommend for the Christmas spirit the remake. Yes. Ew. Spoilers for the end of the episode. Boo. <laughs> what about you, Amanda? I totally would. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. I mean, YouTube. not to watch it. <laughs> right. <laughs> not to watch it like every single Christmas, but for sure, I'd watch it a couple times in my life and be okay with it. No, I think once is enough. <laughs> once was more than enough. I uh I I don't know that I'd recommend this one. I wouldn't like disrecommend it the way Mo and Stacy are, but I don't know. Like it's pretty forgettable. It had some fun individual kills in it, but um yeah, I thought it was like overly sexualized and I thought it was just okay. Like it's okay. I think it despite despite some of the praise I have heaped on it in various places, the whole was not greater than the sum of its parts. No, and the thing is, it, at the end of the day, it was supposed to be a horror film, and I wasn't close to scared at any point in time from yeah. any aspect. Not just, like, actual terror or, you know, suspense, but, like, the mental illness things and stuff. Like, even, like, the beatings from, you know, Mother Superior. Like, I, nothing really came out and was like, man, that sucks. Or, ooh, I would hate to be there. Jump or, like, anxious. Nothing. Like, I was just such a sense of nothing i'll tell you what i felt bad for that deputy that shot that priest that was dressed up like santa they were like oh he doesn't hear well andy's a priest and you just killed him in front of a bunch of orphaned children i was like that's yeah let's i mean let's talk yeah actually i think i I think if i had a worse that would be my worst (laughs) it was it was you shot an unarmed priest and he's like, but he didn't stop. And she's like, well, of course he didn't stop. It's because he's deaf. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you couldn't just say he's old and hard of hearing. Like, you had to be like, well, everyone knows that he's deaf. Like, that was not intuitive. And, yeah. But also then again, like, after this police officer shoots an unarmed priest in the back while he's dressed as Santa in front of a bunch of children, he's like, stay there and make sure the scene's secure until some more people get there. I was like, huh. Okay, like, that's weird. And then the kids, like, I wonder, so there are apparently like three or four more of these films. I wonder if the sequels all are focused on now an entire orphanage full of kids who saw two Santa Clauses shot to death in front of them on the same Christmas who are all now psychopathic killers. (laughs) Yeah. And that continues. I kind of liked the zinger at the end, too, where Ricky was like, Naughty. naughty. <laughs> oh my god, if I heard naughty one more time. <laughs> I know, right, Mo? You'd probably start killing people who were naughty. Who says I already like haven't? <laughs> You're just like Billy. I think Mo liked this movie more than he wants to admit. Mm-hmm. 
Mo, what did your cousin think of it since he was not able to join us on this episode? So I actually made not only my cousin watch it, well, he chose to watch it with me as he was hoping to be a part of the podcast, but my brother and sister also watched it just because they were stuck in the same room and they had no escape. <laughs> and not one single person had a redeeming thing to say about this film. This didn't scare Mimi? Not even a little bit. Oh, that's saying something. Yeah. No, everyone was like, wow, you do this regularly? I'm like, <laughs> I am committed. I oh am committed. The bad, the bad ones are make the best episodes. I so. completely agree. All right, let's move on to the 2012 remake. Don't split up. Uh, and gosh, it's like just a remake and the barest thread of the definition. Yeah, of they remake. Yeah. just put in a couple of scenes just to like emphasize like, hey, no, it's connected, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Santa Claus had an axe. So like, mm-hmm. that's it. But uh, 2012 Silent Night. Uh, so Amanda sounded like you liked this one worse. Ugh, so annoying. And Mo and Stacey, you liked it markedly better. Yeah, yes. I'm interested in why Amanda doesn't like this one better. Probably because it had like a storyline and was more entertaining. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Logical. Uh, Probably because the girls lens. wore bras. You know how she's so <laughs> yeah. anti-bra. Uh, there's that one scene. Yeah, I saw bras in this. I bet that's it. No, I honestly, I just thought it was really predictable and over the top. And like, I like sometimes when movies know that they're bad and they just keep owning it. But this one, I feel like they thought that they were really making a great movie and they weren't like it was so bad like every single thing that came out of the sheriff's mouth i rolled my eyes because he was so weird and obnoxious the priest with or pastor or whatever he was supposed to be was like disgusting but you knew that he was a sleazeball from the very get-go i don't know i also okay and i'm just gonna spoil it or do you do we want to wait and spoil later Spoil it. Spoil it. I thought it was so stupid who the who the Santa ended up being. Like I thought that it would have been more appropriate for it to be a person in the town that we had actually met, not from a flashback. See, I disagree with all this. I like that it was the urban legend guy and that made it more confusing for the police. Plus, I like how obnoxious the police chief or whatever his title was, because he did have like some funny hats and stuff. He wasn't quite decorated like your normal officer. But uh, him, the priest, I like how over the top it was, because to me, that's the sign of your classic cheesy slasher film. Like this was more of a in your face B-list slasher. And I think they were also doing it because when you have these bad slasher films, they always want to try to make you guess like who could the person be? Is it this is it this jaded priest who's lost his flock is it you know this cop who doesn't like his changing town like i don't like i I feel like they're always trying to give you these over-the-top villains so that you're constantly picking out your bad guy which is what we were doing the entire time and then we were so wrong the whole time Mm -hmm. i said from the beginning it was the urban legend not from the beginning but from the point in time when they started talking about it but i thought it was i didn't realize it was his son i liked that twist yeah, I, I thought it was stupid. And the acting was so dumb. Like the mayor's daughter, she drove me crazy. If we're going to base our <laughs> likes and dislikes upon acting, Amanda, how how did you sit through that first film? <laughs> I, it was just more believable. And again, I think that the caliber of acting from the 80s is different. Like I was expecting a film from 2012 to not, I mean, it was so clunky. Like they're... 
there were multiple times where two characters would say like one line to each other and then they just walk off on screen and then move to a different, like it was, it was, I didn't, I didn't buy it, but it's fine. You guys can have your opinion. I'm totally okay with that. I support that. Okay. So I like this one better, but I didn't say this one was that great either. A lot of the things that Amanda has issues with, I have issues with like this one is definitely better, but it's not great by any means. Um, I didn't enjoy like all of the, like, the sheriff was annoying. The daughter was annoying. Everything was just over the top. And I would have enjoyed the story a little more in the beginning than halfway through the movie or past halfway. I don't know. I just feel like this one wasn't quite in order or succession either. You know, it was just ridiculous. I thought this one had at least more order. I mean, they all, he almost managed to kill like every character that was introduced, which was entertaining. I think only like three people that really got introduced to us made it out of that film alive. That's how did how did he kill so many people before they like oh hey there's a murderer running around this town all that misdirection because there were three police officers in the entire town of seventy five billion Santa Clauses one of them wasn't feeling well so he didn't really (laughs) like to go out that much yeah I I I guess the first person to die was an officer as well so they're Mm -hmm. down from the Mm -hmm. beginning. There was more, um, I thought there was more of a story. It was crazy killer. He was going around, clearly had some type of an agenda. And then the cops were idiots. And then you've got the one cop who, with her shaken confidence, so she's not sure she can do it. And then the others are just idiots. Like, I, don't, I thought there was enough of a story here to limp through some bad kills. Uh, we were definitely chuckling when they the girl ran into the, what was supposed to be like a Christmas tree sale. It was like the most pathetic examples of Christmas trees ever. And then just to find that wood chipper, I'm like, Oh, I get it. There's a wood chipper. She's totally getting chipped. And my cousin's like, no, I think she's going to live. I'm like, Oh, you poor innocent bastard. She's getting wood chipped. She's definitely dying. And then when she feet went in first, feet first, man. I was like, Oh wow. We're making statements. No one gets feet first in the wood chipper. <laughs> yep. Not even in Tucker and Dale versus Evil. No. I just Man. wanted to be like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> like with the wood chipper, I think what I liked about this film was the kills were more creative. Like it opened and he's made a Christmas light electric chair. Like that was fun. It was pretty cool. So I mean, like, I, I thought they were a little bit more entertaining, a little bit more slasher-esque. He's got a whole bag of gifts and like murder weapons, apparently. So uh, I... I don't know. I mean, as far as like a cheesy B holiday slasher, this was definitely the better of the two for me. The flame gun was pretty cool too. I have to admit, but yeah. Was there any thematic difference? I mean, obviously we didn't, the mental health arc was completely absent. Uh, Arguably you could say it was implied at the very, very end when you finally figure out who this person is, but it was, it was absent from the, the whole film. Did that bother you? I would honestly, I would have chalked this one up as more of a revenge film. Like he saw his dad go ballistic and then shot like you, down. And so, you, yeah. You I would could argue that there was like some men, but you, like, we really don't know at the end of the day. Yeah. And I was okay you know? with that because to me, it was just more your classic slasher. But yeah, no, I would say almost gone from the film entirely. I would agree with you. I kind of liked it. It reminded me in a sense of like Scream almost. Where, like, in Scream, they don't know who's killing it. They know somebody, and he just keeps appearing and killing and then disappearing. I I didn't really feel like that it was relevant to know who did the killing. 
maybe that's because I've seen the original, so I knew like the storyline and the plot and who was actually doing the killing. But All right, I wait. feel like. Are you saying you didn't require backstory to enjoy this film? <laughs> no. Well, see, I already had the backstory. Uh, from so the original, the, the not remake. Yeah. Okay. So I knew what was going to happen, which typically we like to not know, but you can't really get away with it from a remake. But knowing what was going to happen, I was okay with without knowing the murderer. Hmm. I also like that he lived. That's classic slasher. Yeah. You know that end clip where it's like they did not actually get the bad guy. Yeah. See, my boyfriend also, watched yeah. this with me and he didn't like that. He was like, of course he survived. He, that was like where he, he was losing, the movie was losing him the whole time, but that was sealed the deal for him. What didn't, what didn't work for him? He didn't like a lot of the kills. Um, like, so the machine, like the wood chipper, he was like, that's not realistic. Like she would have like passed out from the pain. She wouldn't be screaming the whole time. Um, when the one sheriff gets like stabbed in the eye with the ax, he's like, that's not how that really would have happened. So. Uh, I'd start to question what your boyfriend does. You know an awful lot about wood chipper deaths oh, and you know, fire poker to the face. I've thrown a lot <laughs> of folks in a wood chipper, and I yeah. can tell you. I'd do, I'd do most of your dates in public settings if I were you, Stacey. <laughs> to me, I was going to say, as far as the themes go with the movie, I don't feel like mental illness was a was in it. I feel like it was basically just... Our, we wish we could go back to the good old days. Uh, our city is going to, you know, hell in a handbasket. And uh, tradition's important. Yeah, I mean, it matters. It matters this movie came out in 2012. It was after the 2008 crash. The mill has closed. The town is dying. And, you know, you hear all the time how people wish you could go back to when I just wish you could still say Merry Christmas to people. I have to do this happy holidays crap. And it's like, well, you know, there's this desire to return to some like imagined better time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I thought, I thought a lot of the characters and when, when daughters weren't mean to their moms and moms didn't have to take pills. My jaw was on the ground during that scene with the teenage daughter. I was like, what in the world? She just right. keeps saying the so worst thing. I thought that she was coming in to slap the pills out of her mom's hand and be like, mom, you have to get better. I yeah. thought it was going to be like after school special. Yeah, me too. That's what I thought as well. <laughs> and then nope. She's like, take me to the effing mall. And I was like. She was a brat. She, yeah. she is one of the few people that deserves. We all knew she was on the naughty list. <laughs> Well, that's so. That's what I thought was interesting. When you remove, when you remove the mental health aspect from the film, the Santa's motivations become a lot less clear. Like he's he's still obviously ta targeting naughty people, people who are making pornography, disobedient children, um, you know, this corrupt priest, people who are having an affair. But what, like, it was less clear to me why that was the case. Whereas Billy had like a very clear motivation to me. I don't, I don't necessarily feel like it was less clear. Like, it's Santa Claus. Either you're naughty or you're nice. And if you're bad, you get punished. Okay. I mean, so, but to me, I guess that still implies a mental, un, I guess if you have a serial killer at all, it implies a mental unhealth. So. What do you guys think about, I, I mean, what, what were your best? I think a Christmas tree light electric chair is a hilarious kill for a Christmas slasher. I mean, I, th I would agree with you. I thought it was really creative. 
Um, he was, I, I thought his acting was actually probably the most believable of any of the acting in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, that was a good start out. Like he's like cutting his fingernails or clipping his fingernails into a dirty old sink. And he's got that one woman tied up. He's got that guy in the basement. And this guy's just like primping himself. Like it was, oh, it was the best intro ever. And we then, are really on like the same page with this, Mo. That was going to be my best. <laughs> so, like did us. we ever? Did we ever see her, the 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 mistress or whatever? Did we see her get killed, or did we just see her body afterwards? We just saw her get found. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought too. Because once they found her, I was like, wait, I was expecting to see her all tied up and still, or also, maybe like tortured a little bit. But I didn't. I wasn't expecting to see her like severed head and torso and. I love that when she found the phone, the hand was still on it. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, for sure. Um, For me, I'm trying to think. I guess I should have thought of my best. I mean, I I liked the callback to the antlers, and I was excited to see that girl die because she annoyed me. Um, She wore a bra. She did wear a bra. She wore a weird, like, Santa lingerie and then more Santa lingerie (laughs) underneath. It was super weird, but whatever. Apparently, I'm really into women's undergarments. Yeah, when she was like, that was weird because she was like, I have a surprise for you. And then she went into the other room, just took off her shirt and came back in. I was like, that, like, you would have, I think you were going there either way. Yeah, that was was actually not a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Although, there was a surprise, the guy behind the door. That is true. I would say honestly, I, I I liked his mask. I thought that was super creepy. I couldn't figure out if he if that was actually his face, like from the um, the movie posters and stuff. If he didn't have eyes or if they were super hollowed out, it was sort of like a Krampus, like kind of. I don't know. I I thought that was I thought that was pretty creative and well done to up the creepy factor. Because, you know, Billy, I I never felt like Billy looked scary, even when he was holding an axe. Like, I, I felt like he just looked like this innocent 18-year-old boy that had kind of a funny look in his eye. But that was about it. You know, I didn't, I wasn't nervous about him at all. I, mine was feet first in the wood chipper. Yeah. That's the that part. Favorite. That's the part that I had the most anxiety. And then they paid it off. And it was horrible. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that woman had got so many saves already. Yeah. I thought he was going to get her when he was strangling her or suffocating her. Then she yeah. escaped. And then when she's out the window, I'm like, oh, nope. Santa's just going to help push her out. And then <laughs> she fell out, but she landed on trash bags. Like, she just kept getting away. I was like, uh-huh. what could possibly be? Oh, oh, the wood chipper could be worse. I get it. Well, and they tease it by, you know, he cuts her leg off and throws the leg in for, I mean, it was just, yeah. I don't know. Like, it was. that If he had clubbed her with her severed foot, that would have been my best of all time. Mark and I, my cousin, were like sitting there in anticipation. Like, is he going to? Is he going? He should. He should. Is he? No. That's amazing. Yeah. So I, that that was it. And again, I also really, I thought if you're talking about scene for scene reimaginings, the, the way they reimagined the two teenagers having sex and then getting... Um, you know, put up on the antlers like that was. I thought that was a a much better version of the same scene mm-hmm. overall. So, mm-hmm. did you like the new grandpa scene? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, it was like most said. It was just as like weird and 
just as forced and terrible. I, my favorite part of that scene was when he shoulder checks the nurse on his way out. Like yeah. you showed her. That was a great example of an exchange that was super awkward and so weird. So funky, so weird. She was like, "Would you like to help?" Like, what nurse would ever say, "Hey, no. you want to help me?" So I thought she was clearly being mean to him. Oh, like, oh, are you gonna stick around and help, bro? Like, my grandpa woke up and she's like, "Yeah, sure he did." Okay, well it's bath time. You gonna stick around and help? Oh, you're gonna leave? Okay, bye. Mm. All right. What was your worst? Oh, all of it. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, Um, I think the worst was the main character's acting. I did not believe her at all. She was really any any portion of this movie, like, and most of all when she found her dad dead. Like, Mm -hmm. she like is like I don't know. She I just she didn't sell it. Well, let's be, it took her like five seconds before she screamed or whatever. It's like she almost right. forgot her line and they didn't edit it out. Like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. scream. I scream. This is my dad dead. Mm-hmm. No, and I then was, her mom was alive but bound yeah. and then she just left her there. It didn't like undo her. Anyway, whatever. I was annoyed between her whole gun scene with the Mr. Snow. Mm. Oh, and with that like, headshot? got my gun on you. And then he like, well, I'm going to very slowly pull my gun out on you. And then she's like, I'm still not going to shoot you. And he's like, well, I'm going to squeeze the trigger really slowly. <laughs> well, and did you and see she what she sque- when she squeezed the tr- trigger, her like eyes closed and she kind of like it, it jolted her. Yeah, and yet so still bad. she had the perfect, perfect headshot. Yeah, dead um, shot. No, and there was Maybe so she was aiming for his chest. No, Mm-mm, I don't buy it. No, me neither. No, she was my worst if the very forced weird old man scene wasn't my worst they're both pretty bad do we think that the grandma in the church uh survived oh yeah gave her the bloody money and then walked away she was nice okay she was at church on christmas eve (laughs) that was a great scene (laughs) that was so funny uh that's like the man's other daughter yep Mm mm-hmm he just gave her a bloody candy cane and was out oh yeah that was sick i actually yeah now that i'm thinking about it i think that especially for the last movie that scene with the little girl was my best and i really liked it again in this one like i thought that was that was a great creepy weird thing to have in both films Mm -hmm. yeah you know i mean i was sad there wasn't a sledding scene (laughs) (laughs) i i think just in general i i didn't love the way they revealed this who the santa was at the end i was hoping it was someone in the town i got it but, eh. but as the credits were rolling, we were like discussing it because, yeah, we had no idea. I actually thought that they would just end end it and not tell us who it was. Mm-hmm. And then obviously they switched to the other scene. But I did say to Amanda when the, when his mask was laying there burning on the snow and it was slowly zooming out and it looked like it was fading to black. I was like, if they end it here and don't give us any backstory, Mo and Stacy are going to be so mad. Mm. <laughs> it's true. He did say that. I mean, I'm, I just say, I feel like you get it, but I keep thinking from the first, like, mm-hmm. the original. like right. if I hadn't watched the original, yes, I would have been pissed mm-hmm. without the backstory. That's super it. funny. <laughs> All right. Well, so uh, would you recommend this movie? No. I would recommend this one. If you're no. in the mood for a good holiday slasher. Definitely no. not. I don't think mm-hmm. I'd recommend it. I'd, I'd probably, as much as I really didn't like Black Christmas, I'd probably go with that. Or Ooh, maybe like Die Hard. One? I don't know. Something yeah. else. Well, Die Hard for sure. Everyone recommends Die Hard. 
<laughs> uh, well, I'm just yeah. glad you guys think it's a Christmas movie. There, <laughs> there are people who don't think Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and then there are people who are right. Exactly. And so. as long as we're all right, we don't yeah. care what those yahoos think. Uh, I don't... I. I would definitely not recommend this first among Christmas horror. I would say Black Krampus. Christmas. I would probably recommend Krampus before this one. Mm-hmm. I would uh, recommend Gremlin, Krampus before a lot of things. Gremlins for sure. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, probably even there's some movie. I'd have to look up what the name of it was, but it's it's set it's set in Norway. And it's like Santa is like actually like a demon troll that they dig out of the ice and unfreeze. Oh, yeah. What is was this that kind movie? of like clown? Yeah, sort of, but with Santa Claus, and it's oh, all in Norwegian. That. Um, I mean, it's on our list. You know, Christmas comes once a year, so. Yeah, what was uh There were some corny jokes so, about yeah. that in this film, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, well, uh, we're about out of time. Uh, so we, uh, the next in theaters film we're going to review is Resident Evil 735. What is this one called? Is it called Apocalypse Judgment Day, the last time we promise for real, unless we're not? (laughs) It's called Even Better Than the Last One. (laughs) Uh, Is that really the final chapter, though? I Uh hope not. Oh my gosh. I hope hope there's an epilogue or something. The only reason I'm going to be watching this movie is my love for you guys. Seriously. Like the, Hashtag you, you're welcome. You could not pay me enough <laughs> to see this movie. Well, uh, that, that film comes out at the end of January. So between now and then, we have uh, several surprises for you. Uh, first of all, we're doing a crossover episode with uh, the podcast The Story Man, and we're going to be doing it all about The Exorcist TV show. So if you haven't gotten a chance to binge that yet, uh, that means you're probably still sleeping through the night. Uh, but go ahead and, and, and check that out. It was, it was on Fox. It just finished up. It's tremendous. We're going to do an episode about that. Uh, we're also going to do an episode on The Neon Demon, which is a horror film that came out early last year. You can get it on Amazon Prime if you have Amazon Prime. And then we're also going to be doing an episode on a film called Under the Shadow, which is a horror film from Iran that has been generating a ton of buzz this year. So go ahead and watch those films, uh, and we will be uh, we will be reviewing them and putting out uh, three episodes then between now and the end of January when we watch Resident Evil 352. So thanks as always for listening, for rating us and reviewing. Thank you for the clamor that you uh, clamored when we were gone, wanting to know when we'd be back. (laughs) We're back, and uh, we're never leaving again because, as everyone knows, if you want to survive a horror movie. Don't split up. Ever. Join J.R., Stacey, Amanda, and Mo to discuss blood, guts, horror, and gore. In our podcast, Don't Split Up, where we discuss horror movies and how great or not they are. Because as you know, in every horror movie, First rule of survival is never leave your friends. So don't split up if you want to make it to the end. No, don't. Don't split up. This place is huge. No one take the back porch. Scream if you see anything. That won't be hard. But in observation of this loaded moment, I am not in favor of splitting up, nor am I three days from retiring. I will not be right back. Uh, so I think that like 
I thought the kills in this were more entertaining. I like that it opened up. Sorry, we're going to have to edit that. There was just a large noise that came in. Oh, we all heard it. Um, <laughs> so I'll just start that statement over. Uh, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> it's like they hate me. Where was I going with that train of thought, JR? Sorry. What did I start with? The wood chipper. You talked about how much more you enjoyed the kills in this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. No, so this movie, I think... Why don't you give me a few seconds of silence so I know where to edit? Sure. 